the dream team. Adam, Bobby, Josh, you got the news feed. It's the big three. It's the dream team. Big three, IDP. Let's go. What's up, you diehard, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? This is Josh Raymer, and we are back with another episode of the Big Three IDP Podcast. And joining me in the Sode Shack tonight, it's Adam Markham, popping his neck, just grossing everyone out right off the bat, huh, baby? I think we could pick that up. I, think, I mean, I saw the, the line spiking on old Rody over here. That was my neck. Are you okay, like physically? I don't need no chiropractor. You are your own chiropractor. You sure, self-taught. They're like, sir, you, your bones, they don't make any sense. I don't know how you're actually standing upright right now. Your neck is very crooked, sir. You have, like, scoliosis to a degree we've never seen before. You remember when they used to check you for that in, like, elementary school? Yeah. Yeah, that was a big scare. That felt know? weird. They check you for lice That's and scoliosis. That's a scary word when you're six or seven. Yeah. Scoliosis. They're, like, checking your spine. You're like, oh, my gosh, am I got an S-shaped spine going on here? Yeah. Yeah, sounds like some type of, you know, something you get from dipping tobacco or something. Yeah, it sounds like some sort of parasite that crawls into your pee hole when you're swimming in the lake. You got the scoliosis. Yeah, sounds pretty scary. Yeah, we're on Twitch tonight, we should mention, Adam. Uh, we we oh, joined yeah. the Twitch community. We're big Twitchers now. How do you do, fella kids? I just, that, that skateboarding uh just there's yeah, that's us. meme personified right now that's us i, I literally the hat, the hat is backwards it's backwards twitch it's for the, the twitch users out there what's up guys the twitchies we get it <laughs> we're woke <laughs> we are woke i have watched a twitch stream every once in a while it was by accident but i did end up there once upon a time yeah it sounds interesting i've uh i've heard about it i still yeah. haven't really you know i thought you're gonna say i've watched a few but I haven't. No, just, I really haven't. I haven't watched much of it. So we're on there now. So check us out. If you're on Twitch, we're over there. I think it's uh, twitch.tv slash big3idp. So go check us out. Beautiful. Uh, we're on Periscope as well and uh, YouTube, Addy. We're kind of uh, all over the place right now. We're everywhere. Everywhere, we baby. Wanna, we want to get in front of you. We want to get in those ears. It we, was, need it. we got stuff we want to tell you. We, it was Connie Wani that was like, you guys should really be on Twitch. That's like where all the kids are. And yeah. I was like, okay. Sure. Hey, we, we trust you, Connie. We'll, we'll do it. That's the reason we're uh, bringing you on board this fall. That's right. For that and the uh, all the, uh, you know... All the internet memes and happenings on the uh, socials that we yeah. aren't connected to. Yeah, Connor's he's what four or five years younger than us. Yes, it helps. It's a big deal on internet internet years. Yeah, he was. Uh, we were always four years apart in school, so we never did like go to high school or anything together. So he, it, it's a significant enough gap where I'm like, you still know things that the youth are talking about, sure. and I'm just fully scaled out of that sure. at this point. Teach us. We're washed. Yeah, we are super washed. Like, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when it was washed up and not just washed. Yeah, they dropped the up. It makes sense. That's much more economical. You can say it. Sounds a little cooler. I think so. I agree. Well, we got a great episode for y'all tonight. AFC North preview. Addy, this is actually going to be kind of like last week was with the little bonus so dropping on Sunday. This is going to be a uh, two-episode week. We've got... The AFC North preview tonight. We're kind of running out of weeks here, so we're going to do NFC West with Dr. Lezus on Thursday, and then next week we're going to wrap up the preview series with the NFC North. Stay tuned for that one. 
lots of guests on the docket. That <laughs> Still is, got a few we got to ask. That's right. We have a few invitations. Typical uh, big three. We've waited to the last minute here. Let's hope they, they accept. But, uh, yeah, we got to cram here. So, so yeah, I, I haven't gotten a lot of messages in the DMs. I'm sorry I haven't been as available as I usually am. We've done three sods though, in the past, like, six, seven days. That is true. I mean, listen, we're giving the – it's there. you got to dig for it, but it's there. We're we doing- got the sods labeled. I mean, if you need to you know somebody, guy, more than like we talked about him. Unless it's, unless it's a corner. Just in that case, get out of here with that. Just go talk to Johnny. Johnny will be Johnny, happy to talk yes, to you. Yes, Johnny or Gary, go talk to those guys. Yeah, happy to – they'll ha- be happy to scratch your corner itch. But yeah, tonight we're going to be talking AFC North. So Bengals, Browns, Ravens, and Steelers. It's a very fun division on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. I had a lot of fun putting the notes together for tonight's doc. So we are going to jump right into it, Addy, because there's a lot to discuss. And Daddy's going to try his best to keep us around an hour. We'll see how it goes. You know how these mm. things go. But tonight, uh, as uh, as opposed to how we've done these sods previously... We're each going to give, for each player, just one of us is going to give a take. The other might give a, you know, rebuttal. A slight rebuttal, but we're not going to each give a take on all these guys. It just takes too damn long, Addy. A little bit. That's right. So we're going to start off with, shout out our buddy, Zach, from the XFFL. We're starting with his beloved Cincinnati Bengals. And this is a team that has pretty much been remade, Addy. Uh, we're going to start with the projected starters, and then uh, we will get into the fantasy targets on both sides of the ball for the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's start on the offensive side. The number one overall pick at quarterback, Joe Burrow. You have Joe Mixon at running back. You throw in Giovanni Bernard if you wanted as well. Wide receivers, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and John Ross. Tight ends, this is kind of a wasteland. You realize a few things. You're like, oh, this position group is very bad. Yes, one of the Um, worst in the league. We will see another group that's like that when we get to Baltimore. But Drew Sample and C.J. Uzama at tight end. Defense, there are a lot of nice pieces here. I think this could be... We'll get to it. I I don't see the Bengals as a playoff team, but I do think that they're going to be in the mix for like six to seven wins. Uh, This defense could actually be kind of strong. So... Geno Atkins and DJ Reader at defensive tackle. Carlos Dunlap and Sam Hubbard at DN. Jordan Evans, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson at linebacker. Mackenzie Alexander, William Jackson III at cornerback. And then Von Bell, Jesse Bates, and Sean Williams at safety. Offense first, Addy. Let's talk about Joe Burrow. This is the one uh, that I drew on the uh, planning doc here. So, Bengals fans. I know it's been a tough ride. I'm not a Bengals fan, but being in Kentucky, Addy, we have sort of split allegiances here. No professional team in the Bluegrass State. So typically you see Colts fans, Titans fans, or Bengals fans with a smattering of fans of the kind of more national teams like the Cowboys and Steelers. But I know it's been a really rough go of it if you're a Cincinnati fan. But Bengals fans, I want you to take heart. I am all in on Joe Burrow. I think he is going to be special, and I hope Bengals fans are all in too. I hope they're not jaded or scared to the point where they're not willing to love again. I think he's a lock for Offensive Rookie of the Year if he plays all 16 games. Like I said, I don't necessarily see playoffs for the Bengals in 2020, but as far as a fantasy option, I'd much rather take a swing on Burrow than the safe guys like Kirk or Goff. I was kind of thinking... 
I see him as like the rich man's Gardner Minshew as far as a guy who has some nice weapons, some nice rushing floor. You know, uh, the ballers, the uh, fantasy footballers talking about don't sleep on Joe Burrow's rushing ability. He did a lot of this at LSU. So I'm getting, we've talked about it before, some Andrew Luck rookie year vibes. I can't say Andrew Luck anymore without just having like Vietnam like flashbacks to him retiring since we just hit the one year anniversary of that. But that was those first few years, Andrew Luck was electric and fun to watch. So take heart, Bengals fans. Better days are ahead. Yeah. I mean, and you talk about his, his rushing ability in college. So he had uh, 115 attempts for 368 yards and five touchdowns in college. That's pretty nice. That's solid for a quarterback. That's right. So, uh, yeah, man, I love Burrow. I think that, I think you're right. He, we've, uh, we've seen plenty of rookie quarterbacks come in and, and, uh, you know, light it up in terms of fantasy. I think it's going to be kind of the same thing here. He just got too many nice weapons. I think he's too talented. Uh, I like Zach Taylor. Uh, the swag of Joe Burrow, too, man. It's hard see, not to get swept up. The chain he got, he got himself a nine chain. He got a chain? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My God, you check, should have told check, me that. Check my Twitter. It's out I, there. I'm going to be creeping him up into like the top six or seven. Uh, yeah, it's a big QB deal. For options. Me. Yeah, yeah, big time. So, Joe Mixon, Addy, uh, right now he is the running back nine. He's between Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. That seems about right. Uh, he's a super talented running back, really kept playing hard at the end of a lost season last year. Um, so the passing game, we're talking about Joe Burrow should be much improved. Uh, so I don't see him. He got 278 carries in 2020. That was good for sixth in the league amongst running backs. I see him more around like the 250 mark. I think he could get some more receiving work because again, much better quarterback in place year two in the Zach Taylor offense, offensive line should hopefully be better. So Joe Mixon, um, I'm not saying he should be higher. I think running back nine between those two guys feels about right. Yeah, I agree. I think about where he's going is is about right. He does have a lot of upside if that if this offense is for real. I mean, that's you know, you want running backs and explosive offenses. He was a great running back on a terrible offense right. last year. So right. what if the offense takes a huge step forward? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like Mixon. I don't have him anywhere, but. Just, you know, when I'm looking at Mixon and, and the guys around him, usually I'm going with one of the receivers that, that that's around there. Usually it's like Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. Or, yeah. I'm usually going to go that route. Yeah, me as well, especially since we tend to play more in PPR leagues. Right. So wide receivers get a little bit of a bump. Speaking of wide receivers, Addy, talk to us about this trio of wide receivers here with A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. How are you seeing these guys this year? This is a beautiful group. I love this group. It's really nice. I really like it. I mean, uh, I guess let's start with A.J. Green. We know that uh, I, I'm not upset about the the latest hamstring. It just bumps him down in ADP even more. Uh, probably makes him, I mean, before he was like a ninth or 10th round pick. Now he's probably like a 13th or 14th round. He is returning to practice. They they told us returning that today. To practice, saw, yep. Yeah, I saw him working off to the side. Uh, was moving well, looked good. I mean, still looks incredible. I mean, still still looks amazing when you see him. Still looks just like, you know, uh, you know, just a dominant receiver. Great hands, all that stuff. Still moves good. Um so yeah, I love AJ Green. AJ Green is just that. Yeah, we know he's got to stay healthy. Um, I'm optimistic, man. The price is right. I'm fine with it, especially I, if it goes down a little bit more with this it's latest going injury. To. It's, it's going gonna, to. It's going to scare some people off because yeah, that's all you saw with twi- like that's that's 
the only response I saw was, yep, can't trust A.J. Green. Here we go again. Yep. It's not like he was that expensive, guys. If he's on the field, he has Joe Burrow as his quarterback. It's not like old, uh, who was it, uh, Jeff Driscoll slinging him the rock last year, you know? Right, it's yeah. not. It's not grim. It's not that grim. Finley was the other one, I guess. Yeah, Ryan Finley. Just, yeah. They, uh, yeah. If you believe in Burrow, I think you have to be a fan of A.J. Green. Do you have A.J. anywhere right now? I do. I got him in Shark City. Uh, I think I took him in the ninth round. That was before the uh, injury. Yeah, kind of. I wanted him, so I, you know, took him a little early. He got injured, so yeah, probably could have got him later if the the draft was now. But, um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I think. I mean, I love his ADP. The price is right. That's the thing. Tyler Boyd, uh, also a big fan. I mean, he's just slept on. You know, this is now two years uh, in a row that he's had two t- top twenty four finishes. Uh, I think he's like right. He's like right there on the cuff. Like he finished like twenty three this year and like twenty five last year. Yeah. Um, but still. That's we know how deep the receiver position is. That's that's saying something. He's he's you look at the game logs. I mean, he's getting seven to eight catches consistently. Um I love him. I mean, I think he's and Joe Burrow likes throwing to the slot, so I think he's gonna do really well there still. Now what about T. Higgins? T. Higgins, he's banged up right now. He's been missing time. You'd never like to see that out of a rookie, uh, especially when they have the depth there that, that they do. Um I expect him to be a little bit behind. I don't think that he's – I mean, I'm going to be shocked if, they, if you know, out the gate he's starting. I just don't think that's if, – if you have A.J. Green healthy, it's going to be – in my opinion, it's going to be um, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and Auden Tate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about Auden Tate. Auden Tate. This is the uh, – he's been dubbed the offensive player of the offseason. By who? By the by, the team. By the team. Oh, the Bengals said this. Yes. Okay. Yes. That makes. I thought it was like a Twitter thing. So I mean, he's had to do a lot. You know, he's he's got a lot of opportunity to shine because of all these injuries they've had. You know, no T. Higgins, no A. J. Green. Um, he just had a, he's had to be out there, and he's had to. You know, he's he's been he's been the number one receiver. So um, I love Alden Tate. I've I've always you know that's that's one of my guys. He uh, he makes catches look harder than they are. Of course, he has a little bit of problem with separation, but dude is a baller, and he he, he does he does have a, a an unbelievable catch radius. Um, but yeah, he's not a burner, but he's just a he's just your old fashioned possession receiver. Um, and man, by everything I've been seeing, he's been tearing it up in camp. There you go, and that kind of uh, throws some cold water on the other guy here in the wide receiver room, which is John Ross. John Ross, he'll have he'll you know he'll be useful, I think. Like we'll get to with the tight end uh, situation. I mean, they have the makeup of uh, a team that should be probably in like four wide receiver sets, like sixty percent of the game. You got Joe Burrow slinging the rock. Yeah, get the wide receivers out there. He's a great best ball option. I think he's a guy that I traded for before the T Higgins pick. I'm just hoping for an occasional flex start. Yeah. I'm not looking at him as any kind of regular contributor. If I can stick him in my lineup a couple weeks when I have buys to my main guys or maybe as an occasional flex start, I'll be thrilled. John Ross is a really good player. He's just, you know, he struggled with health like a lot of these guys. They did not pick up his fifth-year option, so he will be elsewhere after yeah. this season. And a change of scenery is probably what's necessary. It'll probably be good. Some, yeah. Yeah. It can, it can hopefully 
rejuvenate, motivate, and get him moving in the right direction. Do we have to talk about these uh, tight ends? We don't have to. I wish they would just switch Auden Tate to tight end. Seriously. I've, I've been on record of saying that, that before. I would just prefer them just uh, so we can make sure to have Auden Tate out there the entire game. Let's just put him over at tight end. Let's just make that happen. The guys you have there, not doing much. Yeah, I feel like he'd be okay. He'd be fine. I'm sure he wouldn't be able to block like those other guys, but eh, whatever. That's that's fine. You don't need to block. Yeah. Joe Burrow, he's mobile enough. Joe Burrow, just get that chain out there and get to swing him, both. Sir, I'm blind. Yeah. Blind in the fenders. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, skirt, skirt. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the defense. Uh, start with Geno Atkins. I know this is a boy... A boy, a guy that our boy Tom Kisslingberry talked about on the episode we had with him. He thinks that Geno Atkins is being a bit overlooked, a little disrespected. Um, I'm not so sure, Addy. I looked into it. D tackle 31 last year on 76% of snaps. Wasn't like he was hurt. Wasn't like he wasn't getting the PT. He wasn't even really a startable defensive tackle, too, hardly. So with especially with DJ get your reader on board, mm. I'm fading Atkins. I think that Atkins is a better NFL player than IDP. See, I kind of think Atkins is due for a bounce back. I think that uh, you're right. He didn't have his best year, especially by Geno Atkins standards, but he still had 53 pressures. Look at someone like Cam Hayward. He had 60 pressures. I just think that that defense is actually good. Gino is going to be actually motivated now. They've actually got a – how long has it been since they've actually had a, a realistic shot? I mean, since Andy anything. Dalton broke his thumb, right? That that yeah. year he was like on an MVP tear? Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's similar to the Clayus Campbell thing. These guys are getting up there, you know, in age, and they may be a little unsexy, but Gino Atkins is still one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. I think he's going to be highly motivated. Um I don't expect him to finish, you know, outside of the top 18 for defensive tackles. Yeah, I wanted to But look. I like DJ Reader, too. Yeah, I was going to say DJ Reader. Go get you. Uh, go get you, Reader. Scored. Um, a, he was in between. So I'll give you his finish here. In between Vernon Butler, the Buffalo Bills defensive tackle, and Deron Payne from the Washington football team. Looks like he was pretty close to maybe like D-tackle 20 or so, looking here at our RSO league. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, if we're talking about PFF grades, he graded out very well, eighty-six point seven on uh, PFF. And let's look at uh, what Gino graded. Gino was seventy-six point two. So yeah, Gino wasn't great last year, but again, he he had to do a lot. Yeah, that's true. DJ Reader's going to be a nice help there for him. Uh, it could be. Uh, I, if I'm picking between the two, I'm probably taking Reader. Uh, yeah, because pro- he's probably free. Yeah, exactly. Maybe uh, I think name value carries Gino. But still, both of them are very cheap. I'd say they're both probably free, honestly. I think people yeah. are off Gino after last year. I think so, so too. take your shot. For me, I'm going Reader. Um, Carlos Dunlap, an oldie but a goodie. DN4 in our RSO league last year on just 69, nice, percent of snaps. That was now, you might say, oh, well, uh, what about Hubbard? You know, can, can Dunlap succeed with Hubbard there playing a hybrid? Yes. Because Hubbard played 80% of snaps last year. So, if Dunlap snaps go up this season, which I would expect him to be somewhere in that 70% range if he's healthy, mm-hmm. I don't see a reason he's not a top 15 defensive end, which, Addy, correct me if I'm wrong, is he being drafted as a top 15 defensive end right now? No, I don't think so. Talk about overlooked, underrated, not sexy. Carlos Dunlap fits that definition to a T. Yeah, I mean, not even the uh, most popular guy on his 
line. You know, Hubbard's usually the guy that goes. Hubba Hubba is being taken top right. 10, you're, not Carlos you're, Dunlap. Your doppelganger. That's right. I'm just going to own it at this point. <laughs> you guys look good. Sam got nothing on this You face. guys look real good. Talk to us about Sam Hubbard, Addy. How are you feeling about him this year? Uh, huge fade for me. Probably the biggest fade at defensive end this year. Um just because I think he was being drafted as a top ten type, I'm just not. I'm just not doing it. I'm not. I'm not chasing that. He only had 49 pressures. You know, compare compare that to somebody like Cameron Jordan. He had 83. Daniel Hunter had 88. I mean, so Hubbard is is being taken in this top ten, and he's being taken around these guys that I just don't think really he vibes with. I mean, Sam Hubbard had a ton of solo tackles last year, so that's what really propelled his value. Um, and I don't know how likely that is to, to repeat. I think he had like maybe 70 combined tackles. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's solid, but I'm not going to overdraft Sam Hubbard and, and I don't have him anywhere just because I mean, where he goes, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'd, I'd prefer like where he goes. I'd, at that point, I'd probably rather take like a stud linebacker, like someone like Tremaine Edmonds or, um, you know, Roquan Smith or that's usually the area that Sam, and I'm just not, I'm, I'm avoiding, I'd rather have Dunlap. Yeah, I agree. Dunlap had 51 pressures in only 14 games. Dunlap is very good. Very good. Uh, now, that's not to say that Hubbard is just going to fall off. This is a Bengals team that surprisingly could have several guys, um, several pairs of guys, finish inside the top 24 at their position. Yeah. We're going to talk about uh, the safety group here in just a minute. But Hubbard was DE6 in our RSO league. That's right. right? So we've seen it. Yeah, um, we, and more grades. Hubbard, 67.1. Dunlap, 89.7. He's good, man. <laughs> oh, You're man. pushing all the wrong buttons, Adam. Did you mean to do that one? Or? Yes. yes? The tune. No, the tune. There it is. Not, not the crickets? Not Sorry, the crickets. guys. I'm still learning the uh, where everything is on the board. We should probably move that away from you. I've said that before. <laughs> Could you label it, maybe? Yeah, just put there like, is a label. That's what this is for. Put I mean, a little bug. I've like been a, meaning to do it. I just We need to write down what the buttons are. Just icons, no words. Just, just a, little, a bug. Just a cricket. Just a, yeah, I can draw a cricket. Let me get right on that. Uh, talk to me, Addy, about uh, Jermaine Pratt. This is one of your babies. You love Jermaine Pratt. Let's transition out of the linebackers and talk about him. Jermaine Pratt, yeah, big fan. I mean, he finished the year super strong. He's coming into his second year. Uh, was a third-round pick. Just He's going to have the opportunity this year. You know, I was a lot higher on Jermaine before the draft when they brought in, you know, Logan Wilson and Akeem Gaither. So, Eh, that kind of that kind of hurt him. That, that tells you the Bengals are like our linebackers were not good. We should probably <laughs> draft some guys. But I think Jermaine's going to be the guy that they they you know give the shot to first. And by everything I've been reading, he's he's going to be out there starting. So, um, yeah, it'll be Jermaine's to start. Hopefully, he does well. Um, but his his price is nice. I mean, he's going in that linebacker forty to fifty range typically. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a there's no risk at that point. So, did, did you have his grade? I seem to remember his grade was... He, he didn't grade very well, if I remember correctly. Not the best. Let's see if I have it. I wish I had a Jeopardy. Do, do, I'll do the crickets. <laughs> I may not have... Well, here we go. Yeah, I do have it. 
He was a 51.2 overall. Okay. Not great, but there's a lot of people that yeah, grade, yeah. That grade bad on, on uh That was his second but, year, right? He's not a – he's not – like, Right. Like um, – no, that was his rookie year. That he was a rookie he's last a rookie. year. Okay, so this like you know, year. Mac Wilson was a forty-one point six. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Mac Wilson here in just a bit. Uh, yeah, let's talk about some of these these uh, rookies they brought in. Well, one in particular that we want to touch on because I think Akeem Davis Gaither is more of a long-term play. I don't necessarily see him as a big-time contributor this year. Right. I would be looking more at Logan Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Bynes. He's been getting talked up a lot. I know Logan Wilson specifically was talking up Josh Bynes, so someone to put on your radar. Definitely. But Jordan Evans was actually carted off yesterday and is week-to-week with a hamstring injury. So I think Wilson and Pratt are definitely the two guys that I want from this linebacker group. Yeah. Yeah, good point on Josh Bynes. I'm a fan. I was a fan of him in Baltimore. He's just a journeyman, and uh, with such a young group, I'm not going to be surprised if you know he he has he's, he's I, really solid week to week. I think he's the going to be the green dot right now. That's for, crazy. From the what I was reading, I mean Logan Wilson literally called him like a football encyclopedia or a football library, something like that. Like he's one of the smartest football players I've ever been around. So I think you're going to see Bynes, Bynes, Pratt, and Wilson as your line, three linebackers with. Bynes calling the plays. If I had to guess, I think that's how it starts out week one. Then you need to add Bynes. Think so. All right, Von Bell. I've talked up Von Bell a lot, but going back and looking at last year's data to kind of set my expectations here, it's just hard to overlook what Jesse Bates and Sean Williams did. They led the Bengals in snaps in 2019. But then again, we talk about the Bengals signaling what they think of their linebackers. They went and paid Bell uh, $18 million over three years. So he is stepping into one of these two roles. He was safety seven in 2019 on about 82% of snaps, but both Bengals safeties were actually above 90. So Bell is a lock at top 12 for me this year if he can stay healthy. I know there's some Sean Williams weirdness going on, but I'm going to trust the money. I'm going to trust that they're not going to pay this guy $18 million to come in and be a rotational piece. I think he's a starter, and we'll see what happens with those other two guys. Yeah, I agree, man. I think, uh, I mean, he's still being slept on too. I mean, and he he missed games. He missed, I think, three games last year. He still finishes safety seven. He's good, man. He's a good and like we he's talked about he's good. last week, I think it was, he's hitting teammates so hard that the coaches are telling him he's off a little bit there, Vaughn. Hey, you played at Ohio State. He's home there in Cincinnati. I there love this. I love this. Now what about Jesse Bates? What are you doing with him right now? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have Jesse Bates anywhere. I mean, a very impressive what he's done the last two years. I think we we probably would have recommended everyone fading him last year. Um and he did just fine again. So he's like, you know, he's a really good player. He's like one of those Justin Simmons types. But um, I'm just not going to ever really target a free safety in, in fantasy. I need the tackle. I need the tackle machines. Even though he gets them for a free safety, I don't trust that, you know, that's going to carry on. Especially now with Von Bell uh, and Sean Williams there. I'd imagine if anyone's going to lose it on the tackles, it would be him. 
Yeah, I was looking right now. So Jesse Bates had 71 tackles. Sean Williams had 80. So passes defense, Sean Williams had three. Jesse Bates had nine. Jesse Bates also had three interceptions where Sean Williams only had one. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Jesse Bates does. He does a lot of stuff. He stuffs the uh, the box score um, or stuffs the stat sheet. But you see, because Sean Williams still finished higher than Jesse Bates. So Jesse Bates was safety 16, whereas Sean Williams was safety number 11. No, I'm sorry, safety 12. But Sean Williams got five tackles for loss. Mm. So that's probably where you see the difference. And Von Bell does that same type stuff. Exactly. So Sean Williams, last note on him. I'm just staying away from Williams and Bates until we understand their situations a little better. But again, that sucks in Williams' case because he was... I was I was looking elsewhere at other scoring just so we are not completely biased to our one RSO league. But he was safety three in 2018 and safety 11 in 2019. Von Bell. No, Sean Williams. Oh, Sean Williams, yes. He slept on always, too. So it's totally possible that all three safeties are relevant for IDP. I'm just staying away until I know what the situation is. Yeah. Yeah, and that could be one of the you know those three linebackers we mentioned. It could be Sean Williams. Which that would be great, honestly. If you if if you're able to if he does play linebacker a lot this year exclusively, that would be really nice. That'd be awesome. A lot yep. more tackles for loss and probably more tackles. Yeah, it's it's that cheat code kind of player, that yeah. safety that plays closer to the line of scrimmage. So we're not saying fade Sean Williams. I'm just saying I know Von Bell because of the money is going to be locked into one of those starting safety spots, and I don't know what's going to happen with the other two guys. So yeah. I'm just not going to throw that particular dart. If you want to and you think you have a sense on how it's going to shake out, go for it. I'll applaud you or laugh at you if you get it right or wrong. Yeah. But uh, best of luck if you're trying to figure that situation yeah. out. I won't be impressed either way. No. Uh, yeah, Von Bell, one and a half sacks and four tackles for loss. There you last go. Year, so. He's a baller, dude. I love it. All right, Cleveland Browns. Let's talk about them. Projected starters uh, on offense, Baker Mayfield at quarterback, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at running back, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and Rashard Higgins at wide receiver, and Austin Hooper and David Njoku at tight end. Defense, Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson at defensive tackle, Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon at defensive end, Jacob Phillips, Sione Takitaki, and Mac Wilson at linebacker. If you want to throw B.J. Goodson in there, you can as well. Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams at cornerback, even though uh, Greedy Williams has suffered an injury. We're still trying to figure out the extent of. And then uh, Carl Joseph, Grant Delpit, who we'll talk about, and Andrew Sandejo at safety. But let's start on offense. Addy Baker Mayfield was all over our TV screens last year, perhaps a little too much. Are you buying the bounce back for Baker in, uh, this year? I think so. I think they were all buying you know, into the hype a little too much last year. We were, I remember the Miles Garrett letter. uh to the Tribune. Remember that? I do remember. I don't remember the content. It was of something it. like, we're here. We're ready. It's going to be special. Oh, okay. Something like that. Yeah. Not a, and then he went and tried to cave in <laughs> Mason Rudolph's skull. So, <laughs> right. weird year for Miles Life Garrett. Life comes at you fast, Miles. That's right. From the NFL stadium, Garrett. That's right. The one thing I remember hearing, uh, there was an article that kind of made the rounds about Baker Mayfield. It was a profile, and the writer Started off with kind of this striking imagery of sitting across from Baker Mayfield at like a a dinner booth and said he was literally built like a barrel. 
Like yeah. you hear people say they're barrel chested. No, yeah. this person, this writer just insinuated Baker Mayfield kind of looks like a barrel. Like he's bulked up so much. So no surprise that this offseason we see Baker slim down. He's moving better. All this. I think Baker might have been put on a little too much weight last year. I saw there were some quotes where, you know, there was there was some issues in the locker room that, that haven't haven't come to surface. Uh, really? Yeah. That's that was a I think what he what he was he was talking about his the chemistry with him and Odell Beckham. He said that they were dealing with a lot of noise inside the building. Was that just everyone saying, What the hell's going on with this Freddie Kitchens fellow? Why is he our Probably. coach? Yeah. Right, yeah. It is a mess. It's a, and it's still kind of a mess. I mean, even though I'm optimistic about Baker, like when you really look, you know, peel back and look at everything, that offense isn't that special. You know, it's fine. That, that it has some nice pieces for sure. Like you know, upgraded but it, offensive line. But, you think? But dear God, it needs to stay healthy. Like it, it like has they to. Can't afford wide receiver three is Rashard Higgins. Jarvis Landry's already banged up i saw him walk into the tent today um so we'll, we'll get more on his his injury he's already dealing with that surgery he he had this offseason i think it was hip we know odell had core muscles so that's become a popular thing still don't know at all what that means quincy williams had that shout out quincy hope you recover hope you recover from whatever the hell the doctors yeah. did to you we don't quite know because it's very ambiguous yeah so yeah i'm buying baker as well i think the bounce back's gonna happen i think hopefully, yeah, maybe a good, like we talk about post-hype sleepers in fantasy. Maybe this whole team is a post-hype sleeper. Yeah. And I think the, you know, new coach is going to do, going to do wonders for him. It's going to be a good system for Baker. They got the great, the, uh, the personnel too, that's going to be, it's going to work well for him. Hopefully they got the right coach. I think they did. I think they have, they can only go up from Freddie Kitchen's disaster. Yep. But let's see if Stefanski's the guy. I, I'm optimistic. I know you are as well with him being a former Minnesota guy. Yep. So Nick Chubb, running back 13 right now behind Austin Eckler and Kenyon Drake. Now, I get that a lot of that is due to the Kareem Hunt worries, but I'd still take Nick Chubb above Austin Eckler and Kenyon Drake personally. Yeah. Um, he only had eight touchdowns last year, all rushing. But I think that progresses to double digits because I think the Browns will step forward as an offense. The Browns only scored 20.9 points per game last year, which was between the Chargers and the Bills. They were 22nd in the league in scoring. I think that that has to go up. So by default, Nick Chubb should have some more touchdown opportunities I think he's better than where he's being drafted right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any Nick Chubb. I don't know that I will have any Nick Chubb. Because um, I think Kareem Hunt is going to see a lot of time split out at wide receiver. Yeah. I don't think he's going to eat into Nick Chubb's carries a whole lot. He he. Uh, Nick, Nick Chubb still had pretty much his normal workload, it looks like. Maybe a little less... The splits weren't super friendly for Chubb once um, right. Once Hunt came back into the picture after right. week eight. But that offense was just so so bad last year. Look at these. Uh, so let's look at the – so his last – let's look at the last eight games, right? Because uh, that's when Kareem Hunt came back week 10. Um, so week 10 against Buffalo, 14.1 uh, point points. 
9.2 the next, 25.4 week 12, uh, 8.9 week 13, 12.7 week 14, 23.8 week 15 against Arizona, 4.5 against Baltimore, 5.2 against Cincy. That was uh, Nick Chubb scoring. Nick Chubb. Yeah, so not, definitely uh, sputtered. Not great. Not definitely great. sputtered those last two games. I mean, but if you look at where he, how he, how he started, wasn't as good. Like so, let's go ahead and do that. Yeah, yeah. beginning of the year. All right, so starting with week one, eleven point five. Next week, twenty one point three, seventeen point one, thirty nine point three, ten point nine, twenty eight point nine, ten point eight. 13.1. So a guy who didn't Higher, necessarily... Bigger splash game. I was going to say, but, won you some weeks. Yeah. Didn't necessarily kill you. I mean, running back, if they're scoring like those four and five point weeks, clearly Nick Chubb killed some owners. That Wor- his worst game, 10.8 points. You that's, can live with that. That's fine. It's pretty solid. I'm, I'm happy with that if he's winning me a couple weeks. But yeah, during the back half, you saw more of those right. games pop up. Whereas 9.2... 8.9, 4.5, That's Four, four single-digit games, yeah. yeah. So what do you make of Kareem Hunt then? I mean, I, I'm okay with Kareem Hunt, especially in PPR leagues. Um, you know, he's a, he's a fine option if you're, if you're doing the zero RB thing. Um, and, and he's one of your, you know, first or second, you know, running backs in that eighth or ninth round. But... Uh, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not going to – that's still kind of rich. There's still a lot of really nice pieces around, uh, you know, going around that area. So I don't have any. Um, I just don't – I also don't trust Cream Hunt to, like, not mess up. Yeah, do not something do something dumb. stupid. Yeah. We had a great question there from Periscope. Wasn't Nick Chubb the second leading rusher in the league? And he was. He was yes. behind only Derrick Henry. Yes, he was. About uh, looks like 50, uh, 45 yards behind him in total. So I'd that say, definitely helps. But, yeah, but look, but again, I'd say compare how he did those first eight weeks versus the uh, the last eight. I mean, I'm looking at it now. He had, he had uh, against Baltimore, 165, 122 against Seattle, 131 against New England. Um, but he still had some decent games in the second, too. Yeah, so I think for me it's more an argument of – the Browns' offense is going to take a step forward. They're going to score more points per game. There's going to be more opportunities around the goal line. That's where I don't worry about. And Chubb caught the ball a lot more. Like, you look at his targets and his receptions, like, yeah. He was getting, like, so four, four, seven, four, one, six, one, five. That was the first eight games. And then the last, it was four, one, three, two, one, three, one, two. So, so he had 36 receptions. You look at. Chris Carson had 37. Yeah. Joe Mixon had 35, just to give you some comps. Christian McCaffrey had 116. That's insane. In case you were wondering how amazing Christian McCaffrey is. Yeah. He's fun to have on your team. That is true. Talk to us about one of your favorites. I think we have a Funko Pop. He's facing the wrong direction. Odell. Which could be said for his whole uh, the whole Browns organization last year. But uh, Odell Beckham. Thoughts on Odell? Is he is he being valued appropriately right now by fantasy drafters? No, no. He's you think being, he's, he's being slept on? Like, being slept on yeah. still? Yeah, of course. He had the uh, he had the core surgery. He had the he had the the injury last all last year, um, and he still managed to put up a thousand yards. Um, 
we've we've seen all the uh, the offseason hype about how the chemistry between him and Baker is much better. Obviously, it should be. It's year two. Um, we saw that nice catch that he had on that vidya. Yes, sir. That was Very awful pretty. Of that. So yeah, and I mean, if you look at if you look at Odell, I mean, he's looking pretty thick. He's looking like he's been taking good care of himself. I mean, he he he's he's bulked up himself. So, um, I'm expecting big things from from Odell. I'm expecting. Let me give you a stat line. Let's let's say he has. I'm I'm going to project 90 catches. 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. I think yeah. – so you think you're looking at a top, like, top eight finish. I was going to say, that would be close to top five with that finish, especially yes, with those touchdowns. Yes, sir. It's possible. It all depends. It's all tied together. Stefanski, Baker, that offensive line, health. I mean, a yep. lot of uh, things have to go right, but I'm, I'm with you. I think this Browns team bounces back in I a mean, big way. You can get him in like the – third or fourth round i've seen him yeah go fourth round which is yeah. crazy i mean he was first round there a few years ago it seems like yeah so, and he shouldn't be i mean i get that he's you know if you've if you've invested the the capital it takes to acquire him in the last few years that, that hasn't paid off but uh i still believe i mean i don't I, I don't think that he's lost a step but this will be a big year I mean, you're if, you're if, not stung personally that he single-handedly because that's like ty hilton and adam thielen to me i'm like you guys suck, and I really hate you both because you sunk my team last year. You're not bitter at all toward Odell. No, you're okay. I mean, he was he was fine. Lad. I mean, he was I, fine. I got a, but I you got were, a ring. I got a ring with, in one of those leagues with him. You were still like this guy could shatter some records. This well, year. dude, yeah. I mean, if you look back at the tweets I was making around August of last year, yeah, I think I was I was calling like an Randy Moss esque. You were what Tom Brady is for you this off season. Odell Beckham was for you last off season. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about his his uh, wide receiver mate there, Jarvis Landry. Somehow was wide receiver 13 in 2019. Right now, being drafted as the wide receiver 35. Now, I get that we like Odell Beckham to bounce back, but Adam, does it have to come at the expense of Jarvis Landry? He's he's undervalued and underrated as always, but that said, I don't want him for my team. Definitely best ball. Normal seasonal fantasy, no. And I don't know why. Wide receiver 13, going as wide receiver 35, tremendous value. But I'm like, Ugh, I don't want me any Jarvis Landry. I'm, I like Jarvis. I've always been a Jarvis fan. I mean, uh, you know, the one thing that is unfortunate with him is his two years with Cleveland, he has been pretty much the two worst years of his career um, as, as far as catches go. So he only had 81 last year and 83 this year. Whereas in Miami he had 112, 94, 110, and 84. He was it in Miami, though. He was it. It was the Jarvis Landry show. He was it. But, I mean, man, he 81 catches, that's still great, you know? Um, and it looks like he's improved on his ADOT a little bit uh, based on where the yardage is in respect to those. So, um I expect the offense to tick up. I mean, he he's got a very sh- very real shot at uh, catching a hundred balls, but um, the reason why I don't think that happens is because I think Austin Hooper is going to be a, a much bigger deal than people are, are 
are on right now. Let's talk about them. Hype train's been picking up a little bit of steam on Austin Hooper. Yeah. The tight end coach, Drew Petzing. Tell me another podcast that's talking about the, the tight ends coach, yeah. Drew Petzing. Uh, he talked up Baker and Hooper's chemistry and how Hooper is going to make the offense more dynamic, and yet he's the tight end 13 right now, not even being drafted top 12, and I'm not quite sure why. This dude was the tight end one for a stretch last year, and the coaches that are coming in from Minnesota are famous for using the tight end. So I'm absolutely fine to buy low on Austin Hooper right now because I could see him returning tremendous value for where you can get him. Yep, and by all accounts, he's lighting it up. I mean, already has great chemistry with Baker. Um, I mean, I think the reason why people aren't drafting him higher is just because, like we've mentioned before, there's a lot of sexy options this year. You know, in the range he's going, it's around the Hayden Hurst, the Higbees, and the, you know, those types. And I don't know, it's just uh, we're fortunate to have a deep – uh, amount of tight ends. So I think that's kind of it. But, yeah, I expect him to be in the top ten. I would agree. I was looking up because there's a a sort of gathering storm in terms of tight ends where a lot of these smart analysts basically are just gravitating toward the super athletic tight end. Those yeah. are the only guys that they're really interested in. And Austin Hooper's athleticism is average. Um 68th percentile in the 40-yard dash, 70th percentile speed score, agility score, 82nd percentile, burst score, 48th. So not the most athletic guy. So I know that's the reason a lot of people, a lot of smart analysts fade him and go after guys um, like Janu who are hyper-athletic. But that's not always the answer there, that position. There's no one true... Uh, what was it Tom talked about? These dirty little rules. Like, um, there's no, like, tried and true, this is what makes for a great tight end. Right. I mean, yeah. we've seen the Antonio Gates and the Tony Gonzalez's, the yeah. big-bodied guys we post just up. saw a 40-year-old Jason Witten catch, what, 80-some balls? Yeah, exactly. 6'4", 254 pounds, Austin Hooper. He's going to be a real nice target across the middle for... And it's funny, we talk about hyper-athletic tight ends, probably nobody more so than David Njoku. Right. But I'm only probably grabbing Njoku in Dynasty Leagues as like a stash, hoping that he lands somewhere else in the future and can start to unlock his... I'm just not seeing it in Cleveland. Right, I agree. I mean, and and honestly, the guy I want there um, isn't Njoku. It's it's Harrison Bryant. I was going to say the rookie they took. Right, so... uh, And he's he's been looking good. So... um, yeah, like we know they like using two tight end sets. So, I mean, if Njoku gets traded, um, maybe we can see Brian as soon as this year. That's right. Nice little dynasty grab that could turn into a redraft little yep. darling there. But I'm not going to – obviously don't – Don't don't uh, rush out and grab him or trade for him. Yeah. But he's a nice – I have him in quite a few dynasty leagues. So, um, unfortunately, we have to talk about some injuries, which is not fun, but it's uh, it's a fact. This time of the year, we see some unfortunate injuries happen. So, let's just get those out of the way right off the top. Mac Wilson, Stefanski said, this is what we know about the injuries so far. Stefanski said there's a chance he'll return this year. Yikes. That Mac Wilson, he's he's hoping to avoid surgery, and he will seek a second opinion from Dr. James Andrews. Triple yikes. I'm not feeling great about about Mac Wilson returning to the field this year. We know Grant Delpit, unfortunately, 
sorry, Mikey Dubs, has the torn Achilles, so he will be out all of this season. So take him in Dynasty. Take him off your board and redraft. I would take Mac Wilson off your board and redraft as well. Unless you want to take him with like your last pick or something. But I just don't I just don't like the what we've heard thus far about those about Mac Wilson's injury. Yeah, it's a shame because uh it seemed like he was coming to into his own based on what all the beat writers were saying. Um but But Mac Wilson also knocked out Nick Chubb, right? Yeah, seemed like he was so he was probably a little bit. going a little too hard in the paint for training camp. Well, that's that was the thing they uh, they had benched him. So when he hurt his knee, it was he was on the second team because he got benched for knocking out Nick Chubb, right? Tackling him by his neck. Yeah, so those two guys are out. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time there. We'll talk about who could step up in their place. Yeah. No sense in, in rostering Mac Wilson or in redraft. For Not a, at this or, point. Or targeting. I mean, keep him on your radar because when he for when he comes back. But I mean, even if he manages to avoid surgery, it's probably one of those decisions where it's fifty fifty. The yeah. doctors are gonna be like. You probably should have surgery, but you can play through it if you want. So even if he comes back, I'm not really looking for a hobbled leg Mac yeah. Wilson. So uh, let's talk defensive tackles quickly. Sheldon Richardson, defensive tackle 10 in 2019. Uh, no reason not to like him again in 2020. Solid. Pay attention. Larry Ogunjobi. I Same know thing. You just took him in one of our drafts, didn't you? Yeah, added him. So I was going to look up his finish as well. Uh, looks like... He was, uh, gosh, pretty high. Let's see. Let's sort of this by fantasy points. And so, yeah, Larry Ogunjobi was like uh, him and him and Sheldon were actually back-to-back in the rankings or in the finishes. So he was defensive tackle nine. So if you need a defensive tackle, probably Richardson and Ogunjobi are going to be free in most leagues. So take a gander. At your, uh, if especially if you're in a defensive tackle required league, take a little look ski at your free agent to your waiver wire. Yep, exactly. So Miles Garrett, this is um, okay. A couple narrative street pieces. I'm going to acknowledge that he has been paid, and clearly we know he has something to prove. He wrote that embarrassing article for the Players Tribune. Tried to kill Mason Rudolph. Not ideal. Got suspended. Right as Ben Ratty traded for him. Sorry, Lord Ratty. Uh, so, but. All that to say, this is not narrative street because we have seen what Miles Garrett can do already. This is simply the cherry on the Sunday for me. He's right right now. He's defensive in two behind Daniel Hunter. But if you want to have him one, more power to you. I think I do. I think I do. It is kind of narrative street for me. I think he's going to be motivated. I think he's going to want to prove a lot of people wrong. He's angry that the season ended the way it did. He's ready. He's ready to uh, avenge. Everyone that doubted him. What if they play the Steelers and he immediately goes and tries to rip Mason Rudolph's head <laughs> off? It's like unfinished business. He's just on the sidelines. Just, He's just, not even in the game. So yeah, they, just, go he, to, they yeah. just as soon as they get released out from the tunnel out to the field for like warm ups, he's over there just whipping Mason Rudolph's ass. I'd love it. That'd be great. I would have much more respect for Miles Garrett. Yeah. So let's talk about an, a player I know that you, uh, Addy, have uh, talked up a little bit this off season. I feel like Olivier Vernon. Somebody that may be getting slept on a little bit by the IDP community. Yeah, I mean, his price is great. Uh, seems like he has really taken on the leadership role there in Cleveland. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just expect, uh, you know, he had nice pressures last year, even though he didn't really come home with the sacks. We, we like to see that. Um, 
Pressures are good. Pressures are very it's good. very indicative of who is an effective pass rusher. That's right. So, yeah, uh, expect, I mean, again, like defensive end 40 to 50 for you in your draft. So, just a wonderful price. Um, Great depth piece. Could see him being a, you know, DL3 very easily. So, let's talk about the two linebackers here that should get the most benefit from Mac Wilson's injury. This is Jacob Phillips and Sione Takitaki. So, Mac Wilson's injury being up in the air, I'm thinking that Phillips and Takitaki are probably going to be the two starters. BJ Goodson will be in the mix as well. Yeah. Go listen to the IDP update if you want to hear more about Jacob Phillips. Joey does a deep right. dive on him. Uh, Takitaki, who's going to be the green dot? Takitaki, Del- I think. Delpit's out. Phillips is a rookie. Are they going to give it to Goodson? I, I think it's going to be Takitaki. I think so, too. I mean, Goodson's he's new as well. He's kind of just floated around. Journeyman type. Yeah, hasn't stuck anywhere. Uh, Taki Taki guy we liked, you know, last year anyway. Um, we may have just been a little early to the party on Taki Taki. And if, you know, I know he didn't look great when he was in there, but none of these rookies did. Like, all of them graded poorly. That's right. So that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would expect he, we just were looking for opportunity and snaps, and that's what Taki Taki's going to get. That's right. Uh, snaps as far as Grant Delpit's injury. You more interested in Sendejo or Carl Joseph? Carl Joseph. I think so as well. I think he gets the biggest bump. Probably in like that back end DB3 range for me. Somewhere like 30 to 36. Yeah. Not getting too excited about either no. one of them. But, uh, not going to get excited about a guy jettisoned by his former team. That's what's, that's what's unfortunate, man. This team is bad. Like, I know that they have some nice pieces on defense, but... The linebackers are bad. The secondary, especially with... Uh, we didn't even talk about, but... Greedy Williams is hurt, too, I believe. Greedy Williams is hurt. They're still evaluating that injury. They don't know the severity of it yet. Um, Stefanski was like, uh, I don't know what to tell you except for we'll see. And I was like, are you... Did you just reach the <laughs> pinnacle of coach speak with that asinine sentence? My God. So, yeah, the secondary... I mean, you have... You know, a nice piece there at cornerback with Denzel Ward. But if Greedy Williams is out, you just lost Grant Delpit. You just lost Mac Wilson. Holy moly, this defense might suck. Yeah, not good. So, we'll see. I like the Browns' offense to bounce back. The defense, though, could be another story. Let's talk about the Ravens, Addy. A lot of people like the Ravens to get to the Super Bowl this year. But as we'll see... They have some question marks on both sides of the ball. The MVP, Lamar Jackson at quarterback, that's the main reason we're seeing a lot of love for the Ravens as the Super Bowl contenders. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins at running back. And I talked earlier about the tight end group for the Bengals not being good and mentioned the Ravens as having a bad position group. This is what I was talking about. Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Miles Boykin, Willie Sneed, and Devin DuVernay at wide receiver. Yoikes, yoikes. And yoikes behind Marquise Hollywood Brown. But you also have Mark Andrews as your tight end. So that helps patch over a few of those rough spots. Defense, Derek Wolf and Brandon Williams at defensive tackle. Calais Campbell and Pernell McPhee at defensive end. Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, and Matt Judon at linebacker. Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey at cornerback. And Chuck Clark now with uh, Earl Thomas jettisoned out of town for basically being an asshole. 
Yep. Uh, you have Deshaun Elliott as the only other safety in that position, according to our lads. So defense is pretty nice. We'll get to them. I like a lot of the pieces there. That's got to be why we're we're hearing the Super Bowl buzz. Yeah, the right? Super Bowl buzz because it ain't that wide receiver group. Nah, the That's, offense. I mean, it's okay. I mean, you have Lamar Jackson who's going to make magic happen. There's a lot of unknown. We don't know what Duvernay's. I know there's a lot of hype around him. A lot of people like him. We saw how excited Harbaugh was to get him. But I was looking because I was really trying to find something for Duvernay. As bad as this wide receiver group is, I haven't seen any hype. I was searching Twitter. I was searching the Ravens wire on the USA Today. Like, I was trying Google News, trying to find somebody hyping up Duvernay, and it was crickets, man. So, I don't know. I mean, not that that's a good barometer, but you do like when guys are getting news. I think you need to talk to Bobby. Well, I don't think. I, Rookie whispers. I mean, Bobby's got him in his, uh, on his bench right something. now. Better find something. So, Lamar Jackson, Addy, um, <sighs> Outside of a super flex, you're not the type of guy who's going to go pay up for the Lamar Jackson premium, are you? No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I just I just worry about him eventually getting hurt. You know, he just runs so much. I know he's really good at avoiding contact, uh, but man, it's did such you a see huge him part. slide at all last year? No, just because he's really good at, at he just goes people. out of bounds. I feel like and most yeah, of the time. people he just makes people miss. But he's really smart. So I mean, I love that about Lamar. I love that he he seems to understand that. Yeah, he needs to make his body last through the season. He needs to be smart. Uh, he's a good passer. Let's stop this. He's a good passer. This BS that he is not a good passer. He's got some nice touch. I mean, we saw this at Louisville going back to his college days because we we watched yep. a lot of football for the three Kentucky teams and. He's always a good passer. This this nonsense that he was just, you know, spraying it all over the field. Good ball player. He is. Now, so yeah, I'm agree, I agree with you. I'm not going to pay the price for Lamar Jackson, but I think he's a special talent, and he's going to elevate this kind of lackluster offense, let's be honest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, yeah, top five finish. Oh, for sure. Likely. Yes, absolutely. He's number two right now. Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler. Are my top three. Not worried about maybe the league figuring them out or anything like that. That just seems like such a lazy narrative to say, well, the coaches are in there just grant. Guess you what? Get the, tape on them now, Josh. The offensive coaches aren't just being like, all right, so week one we did this last year, so we got to do this exact same thing. The offensive coaches are in there scheming. We got tape on them now, Josh. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm shaking in my boots. I am shaking in my boots a little bit for Mark Ingram. 15 total touchdowns last year. Wowzers. Touchdown regression is coming, and I think of a I think a big chunk of his workload is going to go to Dobbins. Also, the scoring overall for the Ravens probably comes down a little bit. They averaged thirty three point two points per game in twenty nineteen. That was most in the league by about three and a half points per game. Um, Ingram is running back twenty four right now. Dobbins is thirty two. Average draft position. I'd rather wait and take Dobbins because. This feels like one of those situations where by the end of the year, Dobbins is going to be the guy. Now, that's not to say Ingram will be worthless, like a, like a Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor type situation. I think by the end of the year, Mack will be worthless if JT is fully healthy. Yeah, Ingram will still be around. He'll still be valuable. But if you're taking him, expecting him to replicate what he did last year, you need to adjust your expectations. A hey, big trust. 
Big trust. That's right. Uh, so yeah, J.K. Dobbins, guy, big fan, could be a league winner for you. Like absolutely. we mentioned, we expect him to come on strong down the stretch. He's got like a very nice ADP, like in that eight to nine round range right RB32. now. RB thirty two. It's beautiful. That's All these beautiful. rookie running backs, I feel like, are potential league winners. You know, they're very cheap this year, man. Uh, and I don't know. They're all in not that bad of situations. Yeah, like if you're telling me that these rookie running backs, the guys that they have in front of that's who they have to beat out, okay. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Because what do we know about running backs? Their apex, their prime athleticism is right out of college. Yep. So, yeah, I just think along with guys like Jonathan Taylor, don't sleep on Antonio Gibson. You know, I was talking with Bobby about this, you know, the – Bryce Love, Antonio Gibson, Adrian Peterson, J.D. Uh, McKissick, Peyton Barber. It's a lot to figure out there, but I'm going to I'm gonna take the two darts of Gibby and um, Bryce Love. But there's just a lot of these rookie running backs that have the potential. I mean, I'll, seriously, think DJ Dallas, exactly. Anthony McFarlane, like all of them have had. Uh, A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. Those legs. Oh, my God. Like. Right. Getting us hot and bothered over Every here. Every single one of them have had nice hype pieces this offseason. What Except about Keyshawn Vaughn? Exactly. The the one who's just, eh, he's trash, sure, he obviously. He's got COVID. He's damaged. Yeah. Like, uh, what about, you know, Darrington Evans? What happens if something happens to Derrick right. Henry? Yep. Is there a team in the league that's more built around their starting running back than Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans? Yeah. I imagine he'd be really good if that happened. So, we like J.K. Dobbins, that ADP. Hollywood Brown. So I went and l- looked into Hollywood's rookie season. So did you know, Addy, at least in our RSO league, Danny Amendola scored more points than Hollywood Brown last year? Now, of course, important caveat. He only played 50% of snaps last year. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. So I looked at the snap counts, like the game logs. I looked at the scoring to see if I could just make any kind of determination or pattern, but it was all over the place. The main thing for me is the snaps have to stabilize in year two for Hollywood, and I think they will. He's clearly the best wide receiver in this group, but I would have liked it if you had seen like 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, like trending upwards in terms of snap, in terms of snap percentage at the end of the year. That's not really what happened. I mean, if you look every game, it seems like the the chart would be like this, like up and down all over the place. So that's the only thing that gives me pause about Hollywood is we didn't really see any kind of consistency with his snaps last year. But the fact that he's going to be Lamar Jackson's probably number two favorite target next to Mark Andrews, I'm very interested. But you know why that happened, right? What is it? He had surgery to remove a screw in his foot this offseason. He was clearly dealing with some pain in and, that foot. And still was uh, – got. didn't he get injured during the combine process and still was taken as the number one wide receiver in the NFL draft? I think you're right, I believe. Maybe. Two years ago, yeah, he was the number one wide receiver taken in the NFL draft. Um, I can't remember if he got injured, though. I, I thought he did the combine. I think I heard the ballers talking about that this week. That's Maybe the only so. reason I brought it up. Just to say, like, how impressive Hollywood Brown is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I love Hollywood Brown. Again, very similar to J.K. Dobbins. I think he's a legit league winner. Um, I've got him several places. Yeah. Guy I really like for where his ADP is yeah, right now. I love him. 
And I mean, him and him and Lamar are just going to uh, continue their chemistry. So, yeah, I think I think Marquise Brown is fully healthy. I'm expecting a thousand yard season. I am too. I was looking it up just to be sure I wasn't giving out faulty info here. He missed the combine after undergoing surgery, so he uh, had Liz Frank surgery in January and did not participate in the pro day or the combine, still got taken as the first wide receiver off the board. So He's electric. I love watching him. Love me some Hollywood Brown. Uh, Devin Duvernay, we've talked about. Mark Andrews, Addy, this is, I think, your dynasty tight end one. Is that right? I think so. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's That's a little hot take-ish. He, they're right. He's right in there. I think the main point is I think he belongs to be in that group with those guys. Um, any one of those four can pretty much be the, the overall number one. I think the fantasy, um, and honestly, he should probably be ahead of Ertz. I think he should be, I think so I think too. it's, I think it's Kelsey Kittle and, and Andrews. Uh, Ertz is a guy I've been hearing getting a lot of, uh, a lot of love kind of getting bumped up and bumped up in people's rankings because of the injuries to all these Philadelphia wide receivers. And it's like, yeah. who's going to be the beneficiary of Alshon Jeffrey probably starting on the pup. Uh, these Arthega. other guys. Oh my God. Do you, if, if everyone's calling, he's a bust, he's a bust, isn't he? Just put him with your pink-haired baby, and you'd have. Uh, I, I, I did you, with your most. You do. You do have pink-haired baby and Arthega Whiteside. Just admit it. If it was Arcega Whiteside, you wouldn't be nearly as interested. No, hundred percent. And if Dante Pettis had regular hair. Yeah, if it was just a buzz. Yeah. No, no thanks. No thank you. Yeah, I think the. I was saying the fantasy world seems to have caught up with the Mark Andrews hype. I'm seeing him pretty much consensus as the tight end three behind. Uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. I believe so. I, I, I started seeing a lot of those type tweets after I was I was on it pretty early. Hey, your boy, he's a trendsetter. You were ahead of the wave, and the wave came and crushed you. Sir. Won't even let you be able to take Mark Andrews for where he's being drafted. I know. I, I don't have him a lot of places. Because he's getting drafted so high. Yeah. So let's switch to the defense here, Addy. Definitely, I mean... As, as much as that team scored last year, I look at on paper and like this defense a lot more than the offense. Mm-hmm. So, Derek Wolf, this was a guy I heard you talk up, uh, I believe, last episode when we were doing the training, or two episodes ago, the training camp hype. Uh, guy coming over from Denver. Nice little piece there along that defensive line. Sure. Yeah, they just, I mean, they could use it. I mean, any, any, anything is uh, could be useful there, especially when you see what's around it, around them. Um Calais Campbell. Then you got you know two big interior guys, Brandon Williams, uh, definitely kind of a space eater. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, I like him. I mean, he's going to be cheap again, so he he could be a nice little fill-in for you if you're ever in a pinch. Um, I'm not suggesting you, you know take him top twenty-four or anything. No, like don't that. do that. Don't do that. Uh, Calais Campbell. That's the guy I really want to talk about yeah. here. DN fourteen in twenty nineteen. So the question is, do you like his situation better in Baltimore? We've discussed this already. I do because there's talent along this defensive Uh line, but to me, he's clearly the best defensive lineman of the group. Uh, He played 77% of snaps last year in Jacksonville. I think that stays about the same, somewhere in that 70 to 80% range. So, I mean, again, a guy that I'm seeing as a, a top 15 defensive lineman this year. 
Yep. I mean, still finished with 71 pressures, graded out at a 90.3 on PFF. That is so good. I mean, so he's he's still one of the uh, the elite pass rushers in the league. We know um, he has grown man strength. Grown man, grown ass man. That's right. Um, and he, you know, he may have just been unlucky because there was some nice talent around him with uh, Yannick and Josh Allen. So, Josh Allen, yep. So maybe those sacks fall this year. So linebackers, uh, Patrick Queen. This is a guy that we discussed last week, and it got me to thinking. So I have him as linebacker seven right now, and you mentioned, is Queen going to have the snaps needed to be top ten? So I did a little research. I wanted to look at the average number of snaps for a top ten linebacker in 2019. Turns out it was 995 snaps was the average number for a top ten linebacker. Now Matt Judon, who was the linebacker, and I put that in air quotes, who played the most snaps last year, had 793. So about 200 fewer than the average of a top 10 guy. After him, it was Jalen Ferguson with about 499 snaps, but he only played 51% of the team's total snaps. So if Queen gets 100% of the snaps, which I expect he will if he stays healthy, then Queen will be right around that 1,000 snap mark. Um, and even if he doesn't hit that, keep in mind, Darius Leonard uh, was LB5 last year on 828 snaps. I think Queen is a similar talent with the same type of opportunity that Leonard had in his rookie year when he finished as LB1. So that's hmm. the case for Patrick Queen. That's why I've got him as LB7. I like it. I like it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really the only thing I've been hesitant about with him is just you know, Baltimore's offense controlling time of possession and, and yeah, the snaps not being there. But uh, he's going to get all of them, right? If I mean, he can handle 100%, been, he's going to get 100%. That's been the issue. They just haven't had anyone that they really want to give 100% no, to. Jalen Ferguson, you don't want on the field well, 100% like, of know, the time. Pat, uh, it was on USR. Chris Board. Josh Bynes, yeah. journeyman. I mean, so, you know, it was just, just a – you know, ragtag group pretty much. They're going to overhaul that linebacking group yep. this so, year. So, yeah, I mean, I love Patrick Queen. I've got him in a in a couple dynasty leagues. I've got him everywhere. Yeah, I'm I've excited. I've got him several places. Very excited for Patrick Queen. Another guy that Joey the Tooth talked up on the latest IDP update, Malik Harrison, Addy. Yeah. Talk to me about Malik Harrison. How are you feeling about him right now? He played at Ohio State. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to have an opportunity too. I mean, just – I think he's the starter alongside Patrick Queen. And I, I think, think so those too. two That's probably crazy. get 100% of snaps if they can handle it. That's a very strange team. You've got you know, a lot of veterans, uh, and then you got some guys. And you're, the middle of your defense is very Rookies. young. Yep. And but as we've seen, that can work out. Yeah, sure. Yeah, rookies, I mean, who cares? Linebacker seems to be, uh, if you if you know what you're doing – you're going to be for me. You know what you're doing. It's the much. running back equivalent on the defensive side. These guys can start and be very productive right. right off the bat. Right. You don't have to fade them till you know year two or three. And that's kind of been this the story for all these linebackers lately. You know. So the one veteran that we see there in this group is Matt Judon. Now he's listed as an, a linebacker in our RSO league. Scored 158 points, which was about the same as Tahir Whitehead, Mr. Handsome, linebacker 40. 
But if he was a defensive end, that would have been defensive end 17, right around Trey Flowers. So for me, it all comes down to positional designation. If he's listed as a defensive lineman in your league, I would not feel bad taking him top 24. Yeah, of course. Um, 62 pressures, very healthy. Um, so yeah, I mean, he is, he's, he's one of the best pieces on that defense, obviously very big play dependent. Um, and I don't think you're going to find him in a lot of leagues where he's going to be defensive end. I think every, even in sleeper, he only gets the linebacker designation. Um, so that, that kind of stinks, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if he does what he did last year, you know, what do you have? How many sacks? 11. Matt Judon. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, either way, 62 pressures. I mean, that, that's, that's someone that knows how to get to the quarterback. Um, and now he's got a lot of help around him. I mean, I don't think he's going to really tell off at all. I, I expect him to have another large year. Yeah, so a perfect like linebacker three, four to have in your flex. Just one of those I agree. big play guys. Big play flex is great. He had nine sacks last year. He had 14 tackles for loss and 43 tackles. So solid, yeah. So very big play dependent. But uh, he makes if you're them. in a big play league, is go get him. He makes them. Stick him in your flex. He's going he's gonna to really like having Clayus there. So the, the strength of this team actually last year, their two highest scoring fantasy IDP pieces, they're cornerbacks. Weirdly enough, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. I'll kick us off with Marlon Humphrey. He had 188 points as a cornerback. Good for cornerback number two. Wow. If he had been a safety, that would have made him safety six. Hmm. I don't see that happening again, though. Still, I love Marlon Humphrey in cornerback required leagues. Yeah, me too. Um, Marcus Peters as well. Peters was right up there behind him in terms of scoring. In a lot of those leagues we, we did this offseason, you know, we, we, we made the cornerbacks uh, – Pass defense was three points. So, I mean, truly, you can start a ton of cornerbacks when it's like that. Um, and they probably should be scored properly. That's a big deal when you. That's one thing I wish we could figure out is how to make cornerbacks more valuable. I think that's the way. I think you make interception six and you make, you know, pass defense, uh, pass defended uh, three points. Um, yeah, so Marlon Humphrey had 15 passes defended, and then it looks like Marcus Peters had 14. So they were among the league leaders. Yeah, um, I think they all, uh, Peters definitely had like a few pick sixes too. Yeah, so he had five interceptions. <laughs> Marlon Humphrey had three though. Yeah, so I mean. God, Stephon Gilmore was a beast last year. Six interceptions, 20 passes defended, 44 tackles. Damn. If he had raised that tackle number up, that's what Logan Ryan made him so valuable was 73 tackles, four picks, and 18 passes defended. Jeez. Get Logan Ryan a team. What the hell is going on here? Um, but, you know, like you kind of mentioned with Baltimore, I think you said they averaged, what, like 34 points a game? 33. So Some change. So, yeah, teams had to keep up with that. So you're testing those corners a lot. And you see they produce well. They did well. Talk to me about Chuck Clark, Addy. This Chuck is a Clark. guy who got paid. We talked about him in the auction recap. Well, they where, gave him some money. Then where, they traded him. I know, right? Was it before the uh, Earl Thomas thing came out? I don't know how much that affects Chuck Clark's value, but nah, it certainly it was, doesn't hurt. Uh, he traded him because he, he saw Keanu out there on the uh, on the waiver wire. So How much did he give Keanu? I didn't actually look at the like money. Like one mil. I should have bid more. I thought I, figured, I thought someone surely would have bid more than that. But either way, either way um, congrats, Bobby. 
But yeah, he got out of that Chuck Clark uh, contract before it turned south. PDQ. Because it's going to. You think so? I think so. I'm out. You're out on Chuck Clark? I just, I mean, I think he benefited a lot from having no one there, you know? And that ain't the case no more, big boy. He's got, hold on, let me scroll up. Uh, let's see, United Deshaun Elliott fan? I'm just talking about in front of him. Yeah, you got Patrick Queen there now. Malik Harrison, Calais Campbell. Yeah, I think the defense will be much improved. I mean, Chuck, Chuck Clark's fine. He's a DB3, but to, to think that he's going to take some like huge leap and be like a top 12 defensive back, eh. Don't really see it, no. Nah. All right, let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers and talk Sir. about the fantasy targets for them. Shout out, Cabby. That's right. No, you're listening. Uh, Hickory and Smoke. Uh, so, projected starters, Big Ben back from the Tommy John surgery. Sir. James Conner and a whole host of backups at running back. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington, as well as Chase Claypool, a wide receiver, Eric Ebron at tight end. Cameron Hayward, defensive tackle. Stephon at defensive end. Bud Dupree and TJ Watt, outside linebacker. Devin Bush and Vince William at inside linebacker. Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden at cornerback. And Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds at safety. God, that's a nice defense. All right, Big Ben Roethlisberger. I had to go back and look. Last time we saw this man healthy in 2018, he was at QB3. But that surgery has me wigging out a little bit because we have no historical comps. Point to a quarterback that's had Tommy John surgery. It hasn't happened. So if you're buying in, you're doing it a bit with blind faith, but I'm going to buy in. I think he's top 12 finish incoming with these weapons. Yeah, I'm buying in too. I was a little worried as well. I think I shared a tweet you know, about a month ago about about that surgery, and it was, it was like, yeah, emphasizing like no one's ever – had a surgery this severe or an injury this severe like no one's ever come back from this and i was like well all right <laughs> we're just all still like big ben and then we saw the hostage video looking right. big ben version with the beard and we we're like is big ben gonna be large ben about 400 pounds rolling in the training camp is he planning on playing does he know the nfl season has not been canceled can someone please get to ben's remote cabin up in the snowy mountains yeah but uh it seems like he is flinging it now so i mean seems to be all right i'm okay that arm seems to be doing okay okay. with it i'm a big fan of the uh the additions they've made this offseason too yeah so let's get into some of those james connor very divisive player i feel like mainly due to injury uh, Addy, do you have James Conner anywhere? What's your temperature on him right now? No, I, I sure don't. Um, yeah, just not going to be, you know, he's not going to be someone I target. Those third, fourth, fifth round running backs. Now, what what I about what about hate them all? I do. I hate all of them. What about Juju Smith Schuster? Um, but to touch on more of the running backs, Benny Snell has secured that number two job. I saw Sig tweeting about that um, today. He is in. Apparently, much better shape. They said that it was noticeable uh, as soon as he showed up this offseason. So that's exciting. He is a he's a gamer. He's got that dude has like the best attitude. I'm sure that he the coaches love him. Um, I don't mind Benny Snell. 
Did you see the the second episode of Hard Knocks by chance? I haven't watched it they yet. They had this undrafted running back for the Chargers, and I swear to God, he came into camp at like 255 pounds. <laughs> and and Coach uh, Anthony Lynn was like, what you been doing, nothing? He's like, yeah, just sitting in my hotel. And I'm like, bro, you've got to at least lie. you got to be like, I was taking care of my mama. Uh, that my home gym was broken. He was just like, man, I was just sitting in my hotel. It was like, well, we can tell. So it always kind of makes me laugh when these running backs just come in just fat as hell to training yeah. camp. It's like you literally get paid like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to take care of your body. Hey. Like there's people in this world who work out for free and are in great shape. Hey, I but get it. I love that Benny Snell is in better shape. That makes me happy. That's right. You can't want it for him, Josh. It's like. Oh, I should actually take this thing seriously and get in good shape. Yes, Benny. Oh, you guys can you guys can cut me? No strings attached. Oh. All right. Well, oh, yeah, I'm going to take this uh this uh three boxes of pizza I got for lunch and throw that in the dumpster, maybe get a salad. So yeah, uh he's got the running back two job locked up. Anthony McFarland, that's someone that I'm interested in. Um Big fan. Rookie out of Maryland. Yeah, I think I'd rather have James Conner's backups than James Conner himself. I feel like those guys are going to be relevant at some point. Yeah, and James Conner's always hurt, you know, and this is the Rona year. I'll worry about the him having cancer stuff previously. Um, I just, I'm not in on the, at the price. So, Juju Smith-Schuster, you buying the bounce back with Big Ben back in the picture? I think so. I think so. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think his ceiling is? Wide receiver one? No, no. I think he's. I think his ceiling is a very high end wide receiver two. Okay, so um, I think I agree. I think I agree. But um, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to be surprised if he catches a hundred a ball, hundred balls. Could we see him sneak into like wide receiver eleven or twelve? Yeah, sure. I just don't see him in the same class as some of these like top end wide receiver ones. I traded him away this offseason. in the one league I had him in. Who'd you get for him? Uh, Mike Evans. That's pretty nice. I think I'd do that trade. Yeah, I like Mike Evans tattoos more. That It really is just incredible how much swag and drip comes into the equation for you. But also he's att- attached to Tampa Brady, so Sir. the 55 touchdown, 55,000-yard yes, man. I wanted to Look see at- where Juju was being drafted right now. Wide receiver 13. So I think that feels about right. I think you're drafting him right around. Yep where I would expect him to finish. He's in between Odizi, Beezy, Jeezy, and Amari Cooper. Or is that, uh, are you drafting him at a ceiling? See, I think, now, where I expect him to finish is around that, like, very high-end wide receiver, too. If everything goes right for Juju, maybe he sneaks into, like I said, uh, 12, 11. Could I see him get to 9 or 10? Yeah, maybe. But I think it's like a 10% chance. But yes, I think you're drafting him pretty close to his ceiling right there. Yeah, I agree. So I'm not that's not a guy I'm probably gonna be looking to draft in, in many of my leagues. Uh Deontay Johnson. You just recently acquired Deontay Johnson. What was it that intrigued you about Mr. Jensen? I just like him, man. He's young. Uh we I liked what he did without Big Ben. So the hype was getting out of control was, for Deontay Johnson. I think it's cooled off a little bit. Cooled off a little bit. You know, he is banged up right now. We haven't seen him since last Wednesday, so that's concerning. He is dealing with a calf issue. So, 
uh, something to monitor, but by everything they're saying, I mean, it seems like he's going to be okay for week one. I guess they're just being cautious with him. A lot of guys um, that teams are being cautious with right yeah. now, I feel like. Yeah, he's bulked up a lot this offseason, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's really it. Apparently, um, they have big plans for him. So, I I mean, he's going to be – I think the three starters are going to be uh, Juju, obviously, Deontay, and then – I think it's going to be Chase Claypool. Yeah, let's talk about it. James Washington, I don't see a path to fantasy relevance with Claypool there. Claypool's had the rave reports coming out of camp. Yep. Six foot four, 238 pounds. We know what Washington is. Yep. Just average. Yep. We don't know what Claypool is. Nope. But we also know how good the Steelers are at identifying and drafting wide receiver talent. So I'm going to take the upside swing with Chase Claypool over James Washington. Deontay Johnson versus Chase Claypool? That's an interesting debate in my mind. Probably yeah. still go Deontay Johnson, but I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a good a, question. That's could easily be a group that, you know, by the end of the year we're looking at as the best unit in the league. I Absolutely. Mean, depending on, you know, what Chase Claypool looks like and Deontay Johnson in year two. Um, but I think they're going to be all really good. I think I so really too. like Chase Claypool. Um, he's already gotten the the cosigns from Joe Hayden and Eric Ebron us all today. Um, I think they tweeted out this guy's going to be a problem in the league. You just love to see stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like it don't like go out and overspend or overdraft guys based when on peers are saying that exactly, especially it's, a cornerback like Joe Hayden. Yeah, it's one thing when coaches are saying it because they have to say these things because uh-huh. they have to build these guys up. Football is such a mental game. Right. You watch these documentaries and you see these guys listening to like affirmations and like all the all the stuff that like think about Aaron Donald in that like Super Bowl footage we saw before with him on the field like talking to himself. Yep. Coaches say this stuff because they know they have to build their players up. Yep. That's a big part of their job. But when your teammates, they don't have to say that stuff about you. So when you hear it, I do take it a bit more seriously than coach speak. And it's a rookie. They don't have to say that about exactly. a rookie. Exactly. Yeah, don't rookies have to earn their keep and right. all this kind of stuff? Yeah. So and uh Eric Ebron, you mentioned. We Ebron. know he can we know he can catch some touchdowns. We saw it in Indianapolis. Big fan of Eric Ebron. He's he's going in that tight end, you know, 20 to 30 range. Um and I think he's an an easy bet to uh to finish in the top 15 this year. Agreed. Agreed. Love the offense. Yes, it depends on Big Ben's elbow a little bit, but I think we're both buying in, and we would uh, not blame people if they bought in as well. He should be that third or fourth option there. I agree. So, uh, defense. We mentioned it as we were reading through the starters. Some nice pieces here. Cameron Hayward, defensive tackle one last year, would have been tied for defensive end three in our RSO League in 2019. As we know, grown man strength. No big changes along that line. Lock him in as a top five defensive tackle for me this year. I went hard after him in the auction, tried to get him. Eric Armstead was my backup there. Hayward just went for a little bit too much money. But, man, I have no problem taking him amongst, like, the top top 15 just overall defensive linemen. Nope, not much more to add to that. He's a great player. So let's talk about Stephon Tuitt. How Solid. You, I mean, yeah. Again, Three. Again, we forget about him. That reminds he was, me of Olivier Vernon. Yes. That he has uh, some nice... Not Now, we're not saying every week's starter potential, but back end of your bench, plug him in for a bye week. Yeah, you could do worse than Stefan Tuitt. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year before he got hurt, he was on like a, you know, he was on a major tear. Um, what did he, he only got to play six games, but he had three and a half sacks. Um, so, he, you know, big play dependent, but I mean, those are great numbers. I mean, he, he was, it looks like he was going to be approaching a 10 sack season. So, that's right. um, just with all the help that's around him, I mean, it's hard just not to be intrigued by a lot of these guys. Uh, and he's still young based on what we saw this la- this last year and based on his price in drafts now he's a he's someone you definitely need to have, you know probably add at the end of your drafts yeah 27 years old uh let's talk about some other guys there as well bud dupree now we know connie loves bud dupree because fan. dupree hit him with a retweet on draft night when connor right. tweeted about his suit so he's already got a leg up in the big threes eyes yep but surprisingly enough only scored six fewer points than Devin Bush last year. And, he again, he's at a disadvantage because he's listed as a linebacker in yep. our main league. He would have been defensive in 10 using our scoring system. So, bye, Bud Dupree, especially if he's listed as a defensive lineman. Very similar to Matt Judon. Yep, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Um, man, he's cheaper than Matt Judon. Get him like I think I got actually I picked him in Shark City and I think he went like five or six rounds after Judon, so he's discount Judon. He and he's he's actually maybe a little. And he was better, I think. I, I think, think he so. Had yeah, eleven and a half sacks and forty nine tackles. So Dupree, that's a great little cheat code there. Yeah, people just forget about Dupree. You know, got T.J. Watt getting all the publicity. I was going to say there, T.J. Watt. We've we had the debate of who's the better Watt brother, and I think we all came TJ. down on T.J. Uh, man. So good. Yeah, not much to say. I mean, even even though he gets the linebacker designation in most leagues, I mean, who cares? He's consistent, even though he's, you know, typically, a you know, the position he plays is, is typically thought of as a big play position. doesn't matter with him. Every week he goes out and dominates. Um, take a gander at his game log. It is as consistent as any linebacker in the league. Yeah, LB11 in our league last year. So even though he's, yeah, kind of gets banged by that LB designation, not that much, still top 12. Yep. Uh, 35 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, seven passes defense, 12 sacks, two interceptions. Guy can do it all. Yep. Absolutely love TJ Watt. So um, Devin Bush, my linebacker four right now, all offseason since we had the – the immortal Sigmund Bloom on our podcast, Addy. I've just been thinking about what he said, which is what happens when Devin Bush makes the leap? LB17 last year, I think top 12 is all but assured, especially when you look at who his inside linebacker mate is and Vince Williams. Devin Bush going to be out there eating. Yes, I um, I think he's... He's one of my favorite values in drafts just because I think he's I think I have him at linebacker four in my rankings. Um I just don't see that second half dip in snaps like we saw last year. That's not gonna happen. Um he's gonna he's gonna be out there full time all the time. Um love De- love Devin Bush. Big Devin fan. Bush. He's the Devin you want now, I think. Oh my god. This year. Close. Yes, I think so. Uh if you went Devin Bush Patrick Queen is your linebacker one and two. Oh, baby. That's pretty nice. Hey, and bruh, I think you um, 
you might have been. I don't know what you're reading on TJ Watts, but TJ Watt actually had 14 and a half sacks and 55 combined tackles. Come on, RSO. I was just reading. No, the old... yeah, don't ever read off RSO. <laughs> I've, I've discovered that. Truly, the stats are not accurate. No. So uh, let's look at. We talked about Devin Bush, Minka Fitzpatrick. A very polarizing player, I feel like, in IDP circles. I'm personally a huge fan of Minka Fitzpatrick. I think we all he gets he gets hit with the always oh, big play dependent tag. No doubt. Had a lot of big plays last year, some pick sixes, a lot of interceptions. But there every once in a while, there are these kind of mold breakers, these players that defy expectations because they are this sort of transformative type of talent. We saw what happened with the Pittsburgh defense when Minka Fitzpatrick came over. I wasn't a huge fan of the trade at the time. I thought mm-hmm. a first-round pick was pretty rich for a guy who was pretty good, but as it turns out, was just miscast in Miami, was not being used properly. There's a dumpster fire there. Yes, absolutely. The Steelers got him in the building, plugged him into the right spot, and you saw his full potential unleashed. If you're in a big play league and you say, oh, Minka's big play dependent, why aren't you drafting Minka Fitzpatrick? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I want him as like a top six safety, but I do like him as a top 12 guy, especially in big play leagues. I think he's going to make these big plays. Yeah, it seems to be what he does. You know, he's just he's in that mold where he makes plays. He's done that his whole career. He is a playmaker. There are just certain guys like this. Yep. And Mink is at the very top of that list for me. Yep, agree. Yeah, it's, you know, there's plenty of guys we like like that. Bayard is kind of similar. Um just the deep safeties that, uh, yeah, have a knack for making plays. Uh, the Honey Badger. Honey, honey Badger is a big play guy. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, and he's going in that, you know, usually safety 12 to 18. Range. Yeah, there's a lot of safeties that are going to be more reliable. Again, I'm not, I'm not like super thrilled if he's my but DB1. His, his ceiling, you know, if, if best ball was ever a thing for IDP. Oh, my God, can you imagine? I mean... Mink is making your lineup a lot of weeks. Yes. Yeah. He's winning you a lot of weeks. Yes. And I like those kind of players. Me too. Those are the guy. If I can grab him as a DB2, oh my gosh. This defense is full of those types it of players. It really is. You know? TJ Watt, Devin Bush. Dupree. Minka Fitzpatrick. This is a nice defense. It's a good defense. We didn't even mention Cameron Hayward there. Yeah, and then Terrell Edmonds. Ideal Terrell safety, Edmund, too. Yeah. He's a lot like Ronnie Harrison in my mind. I yeah. want him as like a, def- a defensive back number two for my team. He's a beneficiary of Minka being big play dependent. He had, well, I don't even know if this is right because I pulled it from RSO, 77 tackles in 2019 compared to 44 for Minka. Yeah, that's a... It's, so he's more of a tackle leader. I like this safety, uh, these this safety pairing just because it's like, you know... Choose which one. Choose your preference. If you like the consistent tackle guy week to week, then your guy's Terrell Edmonds. If you're in a tackle heavy league, for instance, too. right? Yeah, go with Edmonds. But if you want to, you know, take your chance and and be a little more risky, go with Minka because they're both being drafted, you know, around the same range. Exactly. I think Edmonds probably goes a little after Minka just because of Minka's name value carries him a little bit. He does. Got but, uh, traded for the first-round pick, a lot of interceptions, a lot of highlight real plays. But it's not, you know, his price isn't to where it's, like, you know, too rich. So, you know, I'm fine with both of them. I think they'll both be valuable pieces this year. Grab Edmonds as your DB2, and my God, if you can get him as your DB3, you are flying. And you might. People sleep. Seriously, you might be able to. So, Addy, that brings us to the end 
of the AFC North preview. We did it. Sure. Looking at about an hour and 35 minutes, baby. Not too bad. We didn't. A lot of we, content for these folks. We didn't stay under an hour, but we did well. We moved along. I think Kyborg, we, we, we kind of swept him in for like two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. Surprised he uh, he hasn't been returning our he DMs. He hasn't talked to us in yeah, a bit. He has, I think uh, he needs a break from us. Did he block us? He probably should. Kyborg, please don't block us. Come back into our lives. We're trying to do better. We're trying to be better. I get it. We're, we can be. We you get know, on here and gab a little we're bit. In the, we're in acquired tastes. That we are. So I hope you all enjoyed this preview. Like I said, we'll be back on Thursday with Dr. Lezus doing the NFC West preview. Coming back Thursday, Josh? I think so. That's the plan, Addy. So that's going to be four sods in like eight or nine days. Are we Are we doing too much? We might be doing too much. We might have to go away for the listeners to fully appreciate what we're I do, giving them. I do worry that they don't appreciate what we're giving. I do worry about that. It keeps me up at night. So... Maybe the listeners could do something to, I don't know, like ease those worries. I mean, I don't know. Just throwing some stuff out there? Just maybe, like, I don't know, send us some money or something? Speaking, I don't know. Speaking of which, Addy, I didn't even talk to you about this. I want to start doing, uh, giving some love to our, to our patrons. Yes. So we're going to shout out Mediocre, our baby, Dynasty Sneeko. Mediocre also, was the original baby. Yeah, uh, mediocre, the original patron. Then I came. still got your Aaron Donald brother. I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna give that to you, Josh, to let you ship it out. You really should. You are not responsible enough to mail that. <laughs> I will take care of it. I've got FedEx boxes uh, or USPS boxes in the garage. Uh, we also want to shout out Dynasty Sneeko and our baby Lauren. Yep. For all our patrons, so thanks we're gonna, for the support, fellas. We're gonna do this at the end of every show just to give them some love. You can go over on our anchor page, anchor.fm/slash Big Three IDP. You can sign up to support us for a dollar, a dollar, one dollar. You can do five dollars. You could do ten dollars. What if we but ever? What have we ever asked? That's that's really it. Our, all our shit's free. Like, come just, on, bro. Just give we us just, a dollar. You you hear us? You hear you hear this stuff? Who else is doing that? Nobody. Come on, y'all. A dollar. So, thank you to our three patrons. We love you guys. And we will be back on Thursday. Dr. Lezus will be in the house. Don't forget, Eddie, we got him on the Saturday injury report pod coming up. Just another reason. Give us a dollar. Hell, give me two dollars. Buy some more beer for Addy's new yes, little side sir. table. Oktoberfest is back. It's Fall's coming. Sadly, they can't see it on the uh, the stream yard because uh, it's covered up by our names. Sir. But look at is. that. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's a standard Oktoberfest. It's a massive, uh, massively produced beer. Is it, yeah. Everyone's definitely seen. <laughs> everyone's definitely <laughs> drank before at some point. All right, y'all. Take care. We'll see you on Thursday. And uh, thanks, y'all, for listening. Be good to each other. Seriously, I mean it this time. If you like Big 3 IDP, you'll love the IDP guys. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, basically anywhere you find your podcasts. uh, And, I mean, mostly I'm just really sorry about Mike's marriage. That's... That's really what I'm here to say. Right, right. If you want hot takes on Mike's failing marriage and talk about poop occasionally, sometimes IDP and fantasy football in general, and you like to worship Babu Freak and follow Tony Johns and protect Baby Yoda, that's the place for you. IDPguys.org.
What's up, guys? It's Josh. And one of the things that you may not know about me is that in addition to hosting this podcast with Bobby and Adam, I'm also a writer. That is my full-time job. But with that said, I'm not as avid as a reader as you might think. That's because it's hard for me to find time to sit down, crack open a book, and read it. But what I do love are audiobooks. And one of my absolute favorites, and I know as football fans you will appreciate this, is Boys Will Be Boys, The Glory Days and Party Nights of the Dallas Cowboys Dynasty. I know my boy Johnny the Greek loves this book as well. And you have to check out the audiobook version. Author Mori, the narrator, does a fantastic job bringing this crazy, wild, you-will-not-believe-it-your-jaw-will-drop story from Jeff Perlman to life in such vivid and rich detail that I really do prefer the audiobook version to the print version. And here's the good news. You can actually listen to it for free. We have partnered up with Audible, and if you go to audibletrial.com slash big3idp, you're going to get a free 30-day trial of Audible. Now, that includes one audiobook plus select Audible Originals. After the trial, you get that same setup with a rotating selection of Audible Originals, plus exclusive sleep tracks and guided wellness programs. Audible has the biggest selection of audiobooks on the planet. It's only $14.95 a month after the 30-day trial. You can cancel anytime, and they'll even send you an email reminder before your trial ends. So go to audibletrial.com slash big3idp. Check out Boys Will Be Boys by Jeff Perlman. You are not going to regret it. That's audibletrial.com slash big3idp. Check it out. Dream team, Adam, Bobby, Josh, you got the news feed. It's the big three, it's the dream team. Big three, IDP, let's go. 